0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Like thank you all for tuning into the show. I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey. We're coming your way with the 60th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. About to start off just like we did last week, uh, with some more NCAA basketball. This is gonna be the key content of the show this week. Uh guys, just start it off. How those brackets looking? Uh
1: Considering Darnell and I both had Arizona winning it all, at least our champions still in it. Yeah. Sorry, Trey. I'm screwed. Sorry, yeah.
0: um, I over was... let <laughs> <laughs> you down. It's a wrap for me. Yeah, I had, like I yeah. said, I had uh, Nova win it at all. So that just alone by itself, just uh, I'm through right there. So might as well not yeah, even I mean, crack it no more. But. Yeah, yeah on, you're not alone. alone. A lot of people got, got hurt, hurt on out. that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but I would say between them and Duke, uh, a lot of people put it in the garbage. So I'm I, not a bad pick. I mean, it's like Villanova was bad team. People are wondering what you're doing. I think, what you say, Darnell? They were the second most picked team to win it all. Yeah. I think that's what you, free for ESPN's channel these, Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, Villanova, I had them in my final four for our brackets. So. Having three of your final four still in it, the Sweet 16s, uh, um, I mean, the goals have all four, so very rarely do I ever get all four in there. I think once I got all four and then missed out from there, but
0: yeah, my bracket's okay. I wouldn't brag about it, but <laughs> national. Champion, well, right? You do uh let me ask you this, man, because we're gonna talk about Michigan a little bit later, man. But uh for your Michigan bracket, uh how that one how's that one looking? That's your best one or
1: uh um let me let me just check that real fast. Okay. I mean no, that is actually not my best Okay. That one I have, I currently have uh at the seventy second percent. Uh I have one that's in the ninetieth percent. Oh. Uh, I mean, on that one, I had Duke winning it all there, but I, I just have a lot more right on that one. Sorry. Like between it, between the South and the West regions, I only picked one game incorrectly. Yeah. So, I mean, not like that one counts for much because it's not with us. But hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, the bracket I have Michigan winning it all ends. That
0: great of a bracket, so. Yeah. Now, now who when did, I who did you have of, them, uh, playing uh, in the finals? You know? I had them playing Villanova, so. Oh, okay, yeah, so. Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alright, guys, this is, uh, who's, who's your people. final four in ours, Ty?
1: In ours, I have. Let me just get that back up. I have. I had Villanova, but then Arizona, Kansas, North Carolina. Okay. So, so we had the same final four outside of Baylor. yeah. You you have Baylor making it in, which I, I was telling you a little bit ago. That's a pretty decent pick, Um especially and Villanova being out. That kind of makes them top dog left in the that league. region. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes them top dog left in that region. Per- personally, I, I think the only team. I mean, I think. Carolina, I think that'll be a really good game. South Carolina's just kinda hot right now, but if they win that game, you know, I think they would just out or be way more athletic than Wisconsin would be, and I think that would allow them to win that game. Uh yeah. as long as, you know, they just don't get get crazy overly athletic and just end up not playing basketball. Yeah. But I think Florida Florida would match up with Baylor pretty well. So it, it'll be interesting to First of all, they gotta win that South Carolina game. But I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in that region. Because that that region's definitely the outlier. The only one without a one or a two seed in in the Elite Eight. I mean the South region played out perfectly. One, two, three, and four. And then that uh that west region has one four, two and eleven. So that uh that east region's kind of the odd one out, and definitely one that has a lot of eyes on it for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, do you guys, uh, for last week, do you guys have like a favorite game that you saw, uh, last week that one that just sticks out to you guys the most? That you watch?
1: One, one that sticks
0: out.
1: You got Okay. It. Yeah. Uh, um, personally, I really, really liked the, the first game of the tournament. The game started it all off, you know, uh, Notre Dame versus Princeton. Well, that, that was one active game. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I mean that, that that game was back and forth. No team really ran away with it, and Princeton had a shot to win it right at the end. I, I thought it was in; it was right on track. Just went over the rim. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game. That game was, you know, just one that you know i I texted you guys quite a bit about. But personally, I think through the first couple of rounds, there were there weren't really a ton of games that were just kind of like, "Wow, that game was great." We we didn't have many of those moments. So far, um, in the tournament, I hope we get a couple as we move forward. I mean, there were close games. Don't get me wrong, but none none of the games really wowed you. Yeah, Um, Yeah, there was nothing where it was like crazy back and forth, where you're just like wow, these are some like haymakers getting thrown back and forth. But there was fun uh, games, though. Like you brought up, Notre Dame Princeton was a good one. Scoring, uh another lower scoring game i i, I enjoyed uh northwestern versus bandy yep that was really cool uh, yeah uh uh' what was the other one i was just gonna say uh oh michigan uh oklahoma state yeah, that was yeah yeah i mean i would even say uh one that kind of I don't know. The end result didn't really show how close the game actually was, but that East Tennessee State versus Florida game, East Tennessee State came out hot and Florida had to fight to get back into that game. Oh, yeah, as, sure. As well as Virginia versus UNC Wilmington. Same thing. Yeah. Um, both the lower seeds got way out in front and the bigger school had to fight back. So, you know, seeing a team really kind of grind through a, through a game and, come out victorious in the end is, is fun to watch even though uh you're just praying that it doesn't blow your bracket on the first day.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was just some uh just overall just pretty good games, man, that I checked out like uh just to get back to my bracket. Like I was feeling pumped uh the first day because um, like all my teams have won on the first day. So I was like, man, I was like, dude, this bracket about to be, easy, man. I filled out everything right, man. It's about to be a piece of cake. Water. <laughs> Soon as the second day came here, I was like, shit. I was like, man. I mean, dude, just losing left and right. And, you know, like I said, Villanova losing. I was like, yeah, this is not easy as it a- <laughs> easy as <a> seems. <laughs> so, I was like, dang. <laughs> so, yeah, man, just that first day, you know, I picked all those guys right. I was like, yeah, this is going to be easy. And everything went downhill very quickly from that not and, uh, and on, so yeah, but just it was just very entertaining to watch, man. Um, you know, especially uh, Michigan went again into a little bit of uh, and them too, you know, how they played against Oklahoma, and I was really surprised with how they played against Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with that one, uh, especially like you guys were talking about the threes and everything uh going on there. Uh, they weren't really popping a lot of threes in that game, and you know, they still came out there and won against a tough Louisville team. So uh just like I said, just great games uh to lose watch. Um and looking forward to uh what's gonna be happening to uh and beyond. So now to uh talk about uh this Vanderbilt game. Um it was a pretty good game, but at the end of the game uh one of their players made a uh bonehead play. Uh just wanna get your guys' opinion on that. Um was this the worst screw up in Madness history? No. <laughs> no yes. I wasn't saying. <laughs> because it's the first round,
1: I can't go that far.
0: Yeah, first round.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel bad for the kid, you know, fouling when you're mm-hmm. up a point. Like, it's a lack of awareness, so. Yeah, like, yeah Darnell, just real fast, just kind of recap the moment. If you. Well, yeah, uh, so it was yeah. a tight game. Uh, looked like. They Bandy had set themselves up to win. They, to go up, four seconds left. There was only a handful of seconds left. Yeah. But, uh, then Northwestern inbounds and a quick foul happens. Thought processes, they were still down one and Northwestern goes and hits their two free throws, goes back up one and. It's basically game over because Vandy didn't have enough time to go back down court and get a real shot off. Yeah. Feel bad, but them's breaks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I remember just being like, like you do feel bad for the kid one because he really knew the situation. He wouldn't have made that play. Like he just was unaware of what was happening. But then you're just kind of like this is the stuff that makes the tournament what it is
0: yeah it was definitely just one of
1: those heated in a moment like he just did not really know what was going on in that game uh, yeah. he, he he was playing hard and he thought they were still trying to struggle to win but ugh. i mean uh, I, but but i guess to answer your question sure if you were to have a top like bonehead play moments that, that could crack the top 10. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that, that could crack the top 10. Maybe even crack the top 5. I'd have to go through and then remember a lot of the plays. But, you know, I, I think Darnell will fall in line with me with, uh, a gentleman named Chris Weber. <laughs> yeah. Calling a timeout. Go there. Yeah, calling a timeout. You don't have one. North Carolina sinks a couple free throws. I mean, it, in my opinion, I think you don't get any worse than that. I mean, then there's the whole story of someone on the bench was saying call timeout. Someone yeah. on the bench called the timeout. Yeah. What it was, I mean, that was the national championship game, and that was game on the line. Be <laughs> that that would be number one hands down.
0: Yeah, and just to clear it up, yeah, there was actually some time left, but. There's 14.6 seconds, uh, left when the foul was made by, uh, Fisher
1: Davis. Uh, but yeah, just terrible, yeah, yeah, terrible circumstance, uh, for a, you know, yeah. And and I'll, I'll even kind of take the other side of the argument here and say, okay, so Fisher Davis makes the foul, but why does Vandy come down with, like you said, what was it? 14 seconds? Yeah. Why did they come down 14 seconds and throw up a 34 footer? Yeah. Like, the lane was wide open. They had the floor spread out and they still jack up a shower. The percentage is very low and you only needed one point. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, there were a couple situations during the tournament. Like, uh, Trey came over and we watched some games on Sunday and there was, there was a game we were watching where like I was pointing it out, just like, In a last second situation where you had a chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like, give him a break, man. I I was like, for real? (laughs) Well, it comes down to coaching. How do you not call a timeout and set up a play? Just like,
1: or while the kid's shooting free throws, how do you not like have your point guard come over and like get one of your sets set up so you get the best possible shot instead of just run down court and do something? Like that's terrible coaching too. Yeah, but there's kind of two schools of thought there. Some coaches like the timeout and to get it set up. Other coaches like to just let their players handle it. And Mm -hmm. there there really are those two kinds of coaches. I mean, I've seen where Calipari just lets his players go. Izzo has had times where he just lets his players go at the end of the game, doesn't call the timeout. And yet there are other coaches. Just like John Beeline will call the timeout almost every time, well, it's like ninety-five like percent of the time. Even if, like I said, even if a timeout is not called, you have a set that you know you can tell. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if like, like speaking for Izzo, like he's the king of a where you're gonna get a good shot. It may not go in, but you're gonna get a good shot. And yeah. like Absolutely. I feel like as a, as a coach, you should have situations like like you should have some back pocket for that. You know? Uh, throw up a number at your point guard and they know what to run and they can call it out. Yeah. And, and I, I and, and get it done. Yeah. And, and I completely agree because kind of like we're just saying, and most of those times a point guard's dribbling for 12 or 13 seconds before he even makes a break for the basket. And mm-hmm. he doesn't even look at the coach. He's, he's fighting off and he'll throw up a prayer. Yeah. No need for it <laughs>
0: at all. <laughs> It's crazy stuff. Um, now we're going to get to just, uh, well, just real quick. Um, how pleased are you guys with the, uh, just refereeing, um, in this tournament so far?
1: Overall, I'm good with it, but we had two at end of game situations, of course. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, you, you had the, not the, uh, yeah, the Northwestern Gonzaga game after you know Northwestern getting two free throws to beat Vandy, they possibly—I mean, I won't say they got screwed since they were still trying to come back—but you know, a definite, definite goaltend that wasn't called and and their coach ends up getting teed up for it and and and, and you know that was that was just terrible. And then you have. Situation with the the flagrant foul being called in the uh Seton Hall was that Seton Hall uh yeah Seton Hall game where it was a hard foul the if you go by the if you go by the reading of the rule I guess it was called the flagrant but kid tripped over his own feet he didn't actually fall down from being pushed and just you know you, you don't you don't like like it being settled like that, especially of blown calls. Yeah. the calls are like a foul being called in that situation since the kid was trying to, to foul him make that call. I don't know about a flagrant where you know, they don't get a chance to touch the ball. Okay. And then Western situation, a clear goaltend like that, like you get and you tee up the coach as well. Oh. Yeah, I mean personally I have I have more trouble with that northwestern call. I mean, one, you have a ref under the hoop and and you have to see that. Like that's that that that's not even a judgment call. Like no that is, <laughs> you can't that, that, that's, go through the rim and block somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that is just that is the, the rules, clear as day, ever the one positive that we got from that was the Northwestern kid yeah. <clears throat> on gifts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he is the one positive we got from that moment. Yeah. But yeah. you know, this this the seat hall call, you know, I have I had a big problem with that being a flavor. I'm just kinda like you're reviewing the call Dean, yes it's a hard yes it was it was hard contact mm-hmm. i'm going to say it was hard <clears throat> contact because i i mean like you said the dude was kind of himself falling into the guy the guy was trying to foul him it kind of looked worse than it really was uh i under understand that a ref needs to do his job no matter what if it's a flagrant foul it should be called a flagrant foul but it's just hard it is so hard to see it's the end of the game it's really close a ref's like all right two free throws and the ball it's like well, but that one, like that one was even worse for me because it, it wasn't like the instinctual first call from the ref they yeah. called it a common foul at first then they yeah. reviewed it and came out Said it was a flagrant, and it's like, wow. Yeah, I know you got all the views there. You you did see this kid just tripped over himself, right? You're calling this a flagrant. Yeah, like do 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 you think Uh, that in a moment like that? And I I know I just said you know a flagrant needs to be a flagrant no matter when it happened. Yeah, but do you think at a time like that, refs need to realize the situation? Yes. Like now, I'm I saying mean, if the guy now, I'm saying if they take his head off, I mean yes, call the flagrant two, eject it. You know what I'm saying? That's, but, that's like, the thing. But yeah. but the thing is, you're like, okay, it's hard that you're in. It. It's a close game. Let's just make it a common foul. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's where I'm getting at with yeah. it. Like, like I said, if you if you have to review it, like, and and you have clear footage where. Basically, to make it a flagrant, you have to go just letter of the law, like, and from behind his arms extended hard enough push realistically to make a guy fall, but his legs got crossed. That's, that's a bit much. I mean, I I guess I can't say the ref was wrong since he made the, by the book, correct call. Like there, should, I mean, there should and, be there should be more discretion given I guess. Yeah, yeah. and and I'll even kind of add to your point, And it's not like it was even a quick review. Yeah, it it took a few minutes, and they still changed the call. It's like if you're looking at it for that long, are you looking too much into it? Mm-hmm. Personally, I thought they were. I mean, they said the the kid made a bad motion for the foul. He should have been trying to rake for the ball. But he, he knew it was the stake. So he was just trying to get to the kid and make a foul. Should be able to get that. I mean, you could see in fast motion, you could see he wasn't trying to like hurt anybody. He was just trying to stop the clock. So somebody shoots some free throws so he can get another chance at scoring. Mm -hmm. And and just, I, I feel like a little more leeway needs to go to the ref that they made that call just because they were going, hey, his arms extended. It was a push. It wasn't all so technically as a flaker. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to give the ref the benefit of the doubt, saying that's that's how they came to the decision. Apparently, you need to give these refs more leeway to go trying to do anything malicious. He was just trying to stop the clock at the end of the game. So shoot, shoot your free throws. Yeah.
0: Play on. All right. Up next, we're about to get into, uh, Darnell squad, Michigan State, uh, Spartans. Um, just, uh, how pleased were you with them this season, man? Just considering, I know you was telling me when I was over at your house, uh, the weekend, you know, about some key guys they lost, uh, before the season started and things like that. Just, uh, mm-hmm. how pleased are you with this team? Um, with their performances? I mean, right? of
1: course, of course you'd like,
0: of them, uh, I would
1: like to see them go further, you know, still be playing in the second weekend. But, but yeah, I, I can't really the season that they had, you know. having to, like, I'm not using the freshman thing as a as a journey thing because you know Kentucky every year is playing with multiple freshmen, and uh so I mean that that I don't think is a big issue. But the injuries did hurt. Hurt the team. Uh, you know, to lose Gavin Schilling, they lost a, a, our big man that would would have been another freshman starting, but it would have been another body would have been able to use and, uh, have come in and, and do some things. Uh, the, those type of things hurt. So if, if to throw out there, uh, you, you get, out, and that, that's what happened basically going into the tournament. They got against, they came up against Kansas. A lot more depth, a lot more talent. So they stuck with them. They hung with them for three quarters of the game, but then you could see, uh, well, it turned out to be depth and being able to run fresh guys out there and, and more athletes. That we just didn't have enough to contend with for a whole game. That was just the way that went. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree. You know, I, I thought for 30 minutes, Michigan State was really in a, in a pretty good position to where if they could just grind out 10 more minutes, they might get an opportunity at the end. Um, and I was a little surprised that they hung quite honest with you, but um big thing for Michigan State was they're most likely going, well, you know, I believe Nick Ward's coming back. I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. I don't see Langford going anywhere, and I don't see Winston going anywhere, and those are three very solid guys that you can just build on. It, two more years, most likely. Um I, I yeah. think Ward can develop well enough for the next two years to leave after his junior year. Um, and I think he was probably the nicest surprise out of all of them. Cause I know we talked earlier this year. He was the one you weren't talking about. Yeah. I thought he was, you know, bridges is bridges, but I thought Nick Ward was the most solid, most dependable as long as he stayed out of foul trouble. Yeah, for sure. he, and, he was, and- uh, the cherry. For us, like yeah. nobody, he was the he was the least heralded of mm-hmm. this freshman class that we brought in. Nobody expected him to be what he was. So, I mean, just to talk is imagine him actually being able to play the four and I have to guard <laughs> six ten to seven foot two people every game. Yeah, I mean. And, and I know I was telling my brother this, I was like, he's going to score his 15, 18, whatever points. But I was like, Nick, Nick Ward's the one on that team that scares me the most. Cause you know Bridges is going to do it. Or mm-hmm. is he going to go off for 15 to 20 on you and really hurt you? I mean, is he going to get your players into foul trouble? Is, you know, cause I, honestly, I was, I was real impressed with him this year He played. Is, um, especially on the offensive end. I mean, I think, you know, just playing defense is tough. Um, I don't blame him for getting into foul trouble because teams attack him, uh, because they want to get him off the floor for his offensive ability. So personally, I, I think just Michigan State going forward, I know they're bringing in a big five star recruit, uh, forgot what was Xavier name. Tillman? Uh, n- no Um, I know. Oh, Xavier Tillman's good. I believe they have a, another guy. I'll, I'll think of the name later, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I just think the future for them is just looking so bright with those, you know, three Langford, Winston, and, uh, Ward coming back for sure. I mean, this year has been just improved that Michigan State team. I think what anybody's thinking about right now is, you know, I'm sure there's still just kind of the pain of having a rough season. Uh, I'm kind of dipping out of the tournament a little early, and and that's kind of rough to get over at first. But I think once kind of the tournament's over, state will be state fans will be real excited for what they're going to be putting on the floor next year. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I hope for the most part people had realistic expectations coming into the tournament. Because mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, uh, when it- Gordon playing to me. I hadn't I hadn't picked to win one game after that and I, I would have liked him to not get end up getting beat by twenty, but yeah. When when you go against a team that talented that, you know, could put in a lot more players that you could and a lot better athletes. Yeah, that player I was thinking of is Jerry uh, Jared Jackson. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Six eleven, two twenty five out of Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. That'll, so that that'll be nice. It'll be nice to have his size, and then like I said, Tillman six me eight. Well. Yeah, he's more of a bigger body. He's two seventy. So yeah, he's he's uh he's literally an animal. Yeah. So it it'll, it'll be nice to have those two. They didn't have this year. Mm-hmm. I still have a senior presence in Gavin chilling because it looks like he's. Probably gonna be out of the red shirt. So, we'll have some, some of the senior leadership there. Uh, his own Uh,
0: just a quick question for you guys. Uh, who do you guys think is a better player? Uh, Bridges or Josh Jacks? That was one heck
1: of a showdown they, they had going there, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that, them two on each other. Yeah. Literally, I was like, Every time down the floor, I hope they're shooting the ball. <laughs> it was that good. Um, r- as of right now, I would have to go with Jackson. Um, I don't know. I-, I feel like Bridges is still trying to figure himself a little bit. I don't think he's as good of a shooter as Jackson is, but around the rim, I'd take Bridges. I mean, it- it's, it's just kind of what kind of an offensive player do you like to have? The guy that will really be attacking the rim or the guy that's a better shooter. I, right? I mean, you could really stay either or, but personally, I would probably lean a little towards Jackson, but it's not very confident. I would probably, I, I would lean. He he seems to have a little bit more of a polished game. Mm-hmm. Probably helped out a lot playing with, uh, such a stellar point guard. Yeah. Uh, For himself, like that already. Had that leadership ability right? and somebody he could learn from, but with Bridges, it, he seems to still be a little bit more of. Sometimes he's just going to try to out-athlete you. Yeah, I, I guess I will. I would say Jackson seems a little bit more refined right now. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they both have really high ceilings. They both could be players. But right now, like, if I'm drafting one right now to, to put on my team, it would probably be Josh X.
0: Okay. Just, yeah, just speaking of point guards, man. Yeah, state, they got a nice point guard too, man. Uh, dude was making some phenomenal passes in that game. Uh, yeah. 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 Against, uh, Kansas. So yeah, I look forward to seeing that guy again. Um, he, dude was money. Looks like they can yeah. definitely count on him. Uh, no guys now, just looking at the tournament uh with all the teams that's uh still playing in it, like which team would you say is the hottest right now?
1: That's tough um I'd personally be looking at a couple big ten schools uh talking about Michigan and Wisconsin, to be quite honest uh you know i uh, none of us had and eight point half time. Deficit and did it in a way we wouldn't have expected them to do it. They did it in the paint. They outscored Louisville in the paint. Uh, I would have never guessed that in about a hundred years. I mean, coming off, they won eight eight of their last 10 in the regular season, then won the Big Ten tournament. And then, so they're, they're definitely one of the hotter teams right now. And, you know, I think Wisconsin is going to take a lot of, you know, uh, Confidence coming off that win against the villain. Um, they're in playing They're having a lot of people contribute. Uh, I believe before we got on, I was telling you guys, I, I was very surprised Wisconsin won because Ethan Happ didn't play a lot of minutes. And usually if he plays well, then the team plays well and stepped up. So everybody, all the teams are starting to have somebody step up and uh, those. They're two of the hotter teams in the tournament right now. Um, you yeah, know, probably Michigan being the hottest. Yeah, I, w- I would agree on the Michigan side. Uh, also, I would I would look over at South Carolina.
0: Yeah, I was about mm. the that, man. Yeah, the that's second good. half that's was true. ridiculous. Had they they seem to
1: be the second half team in the tournament yet. Yeah, I mean, they they blew away Marquette and you know and put Duke to rest. And never really was in trouble against them, so uh, I think they're scary. I think Baylor's happy that they're weak between uh, their last mm-hmm. game, so maybe they cooled off and won't be used to the rims in another area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, if I just had to go, just basically who, who was a surprise and who's hot coming as a seven seed. Knocking it off that a lot of people were thinking might mm-hmm. turn. I, I, I gotta give him a lot of credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright guys, uh, just any other thoughts on, uh, like last week's, uh, uh, performances and whatnot before we start to break down these games? Well, just to go back to something that
1: Ty brought up, uh, we, we spoke about it a little bit, but, uh, the Big Ten Conference, you know, yeah. three teams should have been four, or possibly should have been four. Uh, going back to that Northwestern game, team when uh, really, what do you think about this? Kind of does a little bit to show how 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 good the teams were, even though nobody really uh, the pile how how good this conference was and so everybody spoke volumes of the ACDC you now in the, in the in 2016. 16 so I, I think that's that's interesting I mean I, I can't say that conference and them tournament time is one and done so things happen balls bounce certain ways but count out of count just because you think they're having a a down year, uh, which a lot of people have said about the Big Ten, but you know, Wisconsin have you know, they played well? They beat some good teams. The only the only school that was favored for both of their games was probably mm-hmm. i I, I got to give them. I got to give my region some props. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the only... It, it, it's so hard to distinguish between good and a conference being beat. I was a four. Um, I believe they ended the regular season with only ranked teams. Uh, and Big Ten standards, that's not good. You know, but that... And do you say, is it because nobody's really that good in the Big Ten? Or is it because everybody's beating each other up? Um, Looks like it was because everybody was beating each other up. (laughs) I I mean, I I don't think any of us will say that, you know, the regular season has any credence on, mainly because anything can happen when it's a one-and-done Scenario. Um, and I, and I think, you know, a team that's kind of proving that right now is Xavier at an 11 seed. They're in the Sweet 16. Um, and then, uh, I believe Butler as well. I mean, Butler's a four seed and they were picked to finish sixth in the Big East Conference this year. So, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think that regular season for very well um, because all we're doing at that point is judging by the numbers you know um, you're gonna look at a team that you know went 30 and one over the course of the regular season and they could lose in the second round of the tournament just like a team that was 14 so you know, it was a tough regular season for the Big Ten Conference. A lot of teams beat each other. Uh, um, but at the end, I guess it only makes you strong when you come out of a conference where you have to grind almost every single night. Yeah. If you're feeling battle tested, I mean, it, it makes you, you, you play with a lot less fear once it comes to the conference tournament. And yeah, I think that's just kind of a feeling coming out of the Big Ten, just oh, the the team teams and coaches that you've had to play against the whole year. So anybody that you come up against. Yeah, and I think great example of that was Wisconsin and Michigan. Yeah.
0: Uh just real quick guys, uh just your thoughts um what were your thoughts when um Indiana uh fired a coach, um Tom Crean, I believe. Tom Crean? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, were your yeah, thoughts Tom on Crean? that?
1: A lot of Indiana fans are happy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I mean, personally, this this year was real rough. They were ranked number three at one point. Uh, beat teams like Kansas and North Carolina, number one seeds. So injuries kind of hurt them down the road. I know they lost James Blackman Jr. for a period of time. Uh, OG Ananobi. Had a season-ending injury. Uh, and I believe they had one more guy get, get hurt as well, but, um, those are the breaks. That's the business. If you're not winning, you're not sticking around. Uh, that's college athletics. Well, really, that's coaching. That's coaching in general. If you're not, if you're not winning. Get rid of the coach. Be gone. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the first. Here's that. So, um, kind of rough, considering Sweet 16 last year. Um, Like I said, the injuries, I mean, a lot of things kind of contributed to the season they had. But, I mean, you lose to Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, the 12th or 13th in the Big Ten Conference. Uh They're not going to be happy about that. And you have to know that that athletic director is under some heat, so... I get the firing. Um, uh, um, I don't know that it's completely validated, but Hatsi practically since day one. So he's lasted this long. Yeah. I, I think this basically comes down to this was, this was a coach that was just not liked. Uh, yeah. Like it, it just seemed like a bad marriage. Even though he had done more for the school than had almost decade before, uh, he took him to two or three Sweet 16s and they had been to, to the Sweet 16 once in the last 10 years before, uh, wasn't doing a terrible job. Uh, and, and like you said, Todd, this season was awash because they had, they had a lot of injuries. Lost big play like like I said, and Noby was for the season uh they lost black and for a long period of time, and I can't remember the other one, but I believe it was another season in an injury for them, so they did hurtman or something like that they just they didn't have the talent to, to compete after that and uh, but it it just seems like the chips fell where uh. President AD, Price saw this was their chance to get rid of because the record can speak for itself, even if it was due to losing a bunch of talent. Because if, if they would have had another season where they played reasonably well, got to the second weekend of the tournament, it would have been hard to fire. All the fans are calling for his head. So this was their shot to do it. They let them go. They had their press conference. Looks like they're going after, uh, offered from UCLA. Yep. They, a, a Hoosier alum in there to try to change things around. Again, they're one of those, you know, they, they live and die on the past greatness that they've had, even though, you know, it's, it's been a long time since they, Deep in the tournament, let alone win a win a Natty. So you know, it's, it's just one of those places where they expect greatness, even though their time uh, may have passed. Like I, I heard a heard me get comparisons, a good comparison, like they're basically like Nebraska's football team. Just <laughs> they they still have a fan base. That is like, we're, we're, we're up there with the Kentucky's and UNC's and Dukes and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, you're not. Like <laughs> yeah. nobody cares about Indiana right now. Like you just have to understand that. I don't care what coach you get. There. Just, you got to earn your way back up there. You're not, not going to just tell a kid come play for the Hoosiers and they go, Oh, okay. It's just not happening with them right now. So yeah. unless maybe- you're from. Unless you're from Indiana, where that would be probably your best pick. It's not really happening. I was going to say that's still not happening. They didn't get Caleb Swine again. No, they didn't get, uh, yeah. Sure. They didn't get, uh, uh, Michigan got him, uh, uh, and, Irvin. And Robinson third. Oh, Robinson. Irvin too, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying just going through the last few years those Mr. Well, basketballs in Indiana. And, None of them have gone to Indiana. They picked pick Michigan State. They yeah. picked Michigan. And, and I guess what I meant by that is like, a kid from Indiana come play for the Hoosiers is going to be your best. I mean, you're, you're not going to go into some of these other states to your top players because you're Indiana. They're, they're, they're the poser at the party that everybody knows they're posing. Cause I mean, and just I don't mean to pile up on the Hoosiers, but I mean right now they're they're the fourth best team in their state. Butler's better than them. Notre Dame is better than them. Purdue is better than them. Yeah. Well, and I I mean I I will say this though, if they land Steve Alford, um, I I actually think they have a pretty good chance at landing him. They'll they'll get some recruits back because of what he's done at UCLA. Think I think they'll he, I th- I think they'll land a couple bigger recruits and take it all. You think that they pull him, even though he he probably knows he he gets a a ball on his team every year or so, <laughs> every year or two. Yeah. Um. If you've seen tape on how Lamelo plays defense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. But but in all but in all seriousness, um. Uh, I mean, think about it. He's making about $2 million at at uh, UCLA. He'll make about four in Indiana. They can pay him. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I... As that UCLA job's kind of setting up for the next few years, if he wants his turn to make some big cash, this is it. So, Chicago of UCLA offers him a big, you know, his- man. Matching at least a matching yeah, offer. Yeah. I mean, they, I agree. They they got some history behind you know. Oh, yeah. There's an award named after their greatest coach. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> so one of their alum is the NBA's all-time leading scorer. So <laughs> you know they they, yeah. they have some <laughs> they have some credit. So I think I I I still just think that they have a really good chance of getting him. What it would take is matching, if not not paying more than Indiana angiological like, what it would it would take. Yeah. I mean going going home can be a blessing. It can be a curse. It's just yeah, how no, I right. feel about it. And like where he's basically gonna if he has a losing season a target's gonna be on his back. You know, they'll they'll roll out the red carpet for him and come there. But, you know a couple seasons where he he finishes with sixteen and seventeen things and this is a tournament. A couple yeah. Days. Yeah. And um, if they can't get Steve Ball for the other name, flood is Greg Marshall from Wichita State. He needs to make a jump to a bigger program. Personally, I mean, he's been doing it at that mid-major level for a few years. now. Nah, I think it's just time for him to take the leap. I think he'd be a really good coach. And not- oh, god. ahead. pick, hey, you know, like, He's Over, proven. Yes, they, I guess they have an outside shot since he did graduate from NB and you know, he's making a name for himself. And, you know, the other name thrown around the pipe train, like Brad Stevens is not leaving the Celtics to come yeah. coach in yeah. <laughs> the Yeah. best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. 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 I agree there, but you know, the, the one thing kind of oddly, that I'm hearing about Greg Marshall is that his his wife is like a lunatic, yeah, like legitimately saying that the reasons they have not hired him <laughs> is because of his wife, <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I I don't I don't know. That would be absolutely crazy if that's true. That's
0: what I've been hearing. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right guys, you guys ready to break this uh these sweet 16 games now? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, but to start off with the East first, uh the first game we're about to get into is Wisconsin versus Florida. What do you guys think about this matchup?
1: And it's like we're getting now to the point where we shouldn't get too many games where the outcome's decided by more than like three to seven points, so how all, all these games should basically be point clips uh, I think I'd be leaning with the Badgers just they seem to be playing really well, good basketball right now uh the gator's on a slouch think, uh both teams are gonna. That's coming up here, you know, you got, uh, excuse me, Allen from, who's had a good year, uh, after 13 a game, uh, you got, a uh, was it Koenig? but how you pronounce it? Yeah, For, right. uh, doing well, and then, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a paced game, but I think it's bad, address. Yeah, uh, I, I think it'll be a slower pace game because I think Wisconsin is going to control the pace of the game. Um, Florida, I think obviously is going to want to run if they can. Uh, um, I think Nigel Hayes coming off arguably his best game of the year. Ethan Half um, 10. Bronson Koenig is just known for making big plays when you need them. He's a senior, uh, proven. He's, he's played in the finals. Uh, he's not scared of this. Um, I, I I also like Wisconsin. Um, they play good defense. They don't foul a lot. They make free throws. Uh, Wisconsin.
0: All right, guys. Now, what about Baylor versus South Carolina? I think this one will be a lot of fun. Yeah, Darnell, uh, you had Baylor going, I, uh, pretty far, man. You think they can, yeah, you think they could beat this hot second half team in South Carolina?
1: Well, like, I, I brought it up about,
0: about Baylor. I, I feel the same. At least we got,
1: uh, to, for them to cool off some and, and a new setting. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's basically a home game, but. But yeah, I, I I think it's at least good that they got a plan with off of two days rest. They they passed some time and kind of worry of them going further than anybody had South Carolina going. Uh, but I mean, I I do still think that Baylor they're probably the most athletically gifted team. So you know, I have to have purely the Miley show going on, to, uh, keep that at bay. But, but yeah, I'll, 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 still stick with my pick. I got him on the line for so I got to stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you here again. Uh, I'm gonna go Baylor both times in the second half. It's basically taken a near perfect performance from South Carolina. I mean, I, I, I don't see them. Just playing up to that level. Uh, again, uh, yeah. like like you said, change of venue. Uh, um, the second game of the tournament usually rides off the adrenaline of the first. So they were still kind of feeling a 20-point victory over Marquette. I mean, between knowing your season could potentially be, be over and... Riding off the momentum of a homish crowd uh them against Duke. I mean seventy percent shooting's also insane. So I don't see him shooting seventy percent in either half, let alone the game for the game. So um I'll go with Baylor here. I think they'll be very athletic on both ends of the floor, very active. Um and I just think South Carolina's time is running up here.
0: Right. Okay, up next, we're about to get to the Midwest region. Uh, game we're about to talk about now is Kansas versus Purdue. How do you guys feel about this one? Uh,
1: This is probably the one I'm looking most forward to uh, in this, in this uh, round of 16. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just, I want to see just, you know, the explosiveness of Kansas versus just the, the size that Purdue has. I, I want to see how this matchup goes to, to see if uh, see if, how, if they play different stylistically to try to, you know, use their advantages. We get a lot of swan in? Like, on their part, probably causing some foul trouble for Cam's big man that, you know, Frantic, good shooting, four guard that's on the floor, uh, for Kansas with, uh, Mason, Jackson, uh, leading the way, uh, breaking teams down. Uh, I, I just really want to see how this plays is out. Uh, but I, I'm leaning Kansas. They are one they, seed. They're super talented. So uh, if I have to pick them, I pick Kansas. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kansas as well. Um Bring Mason's in my opinion, player of the year. Uh he's played well so far in the tournament. Josh Jackson has played well in the tournament. Uh they're deep. Um they shoot the three well. Uh they play inside well. I, I you know, like you stated, I, I think if Landon Lucas gets into foul trouble for Kansas, they can pose some serious problems. Especially with Hawes and Swanigan. But, uh, Purdue also has the ability to play high and low. They have the ability to shoot three. I mean, I-, I think this on paper matchup, um, next to UCLA and Kentucky, um, that'll be the one I'm looking forward to the most out of the Sweet 16. But, um, this one is definitely a close second. Um, give me Kansas. I just think down the stretch, they'll just have a little more in them.
0: I expect it to be close though. All right. All right. Up next, we're about to go to Ties squad of Michigan. Uh, will they be able to beat Oregon, uh, in their matchup? I hope so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm
1: going to pick them. Uh, they're hot right now. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know they lost their big rim protector. Michigan starting to do a lot of things in the paint, which is very uncharacteristic. They haven't shot the, th- or they didn't shoot the three real well last round, which kind of makes me think new venue, fine, that stroke a little bit. Um, they, they shot the three pretty well against, uh, Oklahoma State. It took them a little while to get it going, but they, second half, Oklahoma State. I think DJ Wilson and Mo Wagner will have nice games. Uh, Derek Walton. My concern is going to be Dylan Brooks, who's going to guard him. Or Irvin on him, I guess. Uh, I, I don't really see them putting Mo Wagner on him. I think Mo will just get into foul trouble way too quick. Uh, I think Irvin could do a little better job staying with him. Uh, but he, he's my big concern. I think if Michigan just shoots the three, I win this game comfortably. I'm not saying they'll blow them out, but I think they can win by you know more than eight if they shoot the three really well. Um, but they, they have to rebound. I mean, Louisville rebounded fairly well against Michigan. I believe they out-rebounded them. Is why I'm surprised Michigan did better in the paint than they did offensively, but I don't know, Michigan's rolling and they're hot and they're playing really well as a team. So I'm hoping it goes one more round at least. Uh, So I'll take Michigan. Yeah. I mean, not a bad pick. Michigan. Just a different team over the last month, month month and a half. They're, they're, they're not the seed that they're like, they're playing like they're on that two line, uh, and, they're favorite in this game, so. They, they are coming in hot, to keeping, uh, Wilson and Wagner on court. Uh, if, if Brooks is able to break them down and cause some foul trouble, on um, those big men, then it could be a long day for Michigan. They'll have to, yeah. to heavily rely on three. So I think they show some of the, on the roof of being able to fight through and, and do some things with the bigs. Um, DJ Wilson and, and Wagner, they were, they were getting to the rack. Um, like they weren't, they didn't have to be your traditional bigs backing people down. They were, they were giving the move and getting to the rack. I think they, they need to have that balance to be able to be there. They, if they get back to relying on that three organs, Yes, they did lose a rim protector, like you said, but they're still an athletic team. They play they're good defense, well, yeah. So there, there's going to have to be some uh balance mm-hmm. in this game. This, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll, I'll just be devil's advocate, just to, <laughs> because of who I am. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> keep, I'll, yeah, I'll keep it interesting, <laughs> and, and and I'll I'll tell you. Uh, like I, I had Louisville in the Elite Eight, so if if I had the winner of that Rhode Island Oregon game uh, going to the Elite Eight, I'd I'd be sticking with them. Like I'm just gonna throw that disclaimer out there, but the fact that Louisville's not in it anymore gives me all the right to pick Michigan. So yeah. whens this one, I might just pick them to beat cancer. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Time, but, so. yeah, I, but yeah, but I, yeah, I agree with you, Darnell. There has to be the balance. Um you don't make it this far being one dimensional. You get figured out if you're one dimensional this far into the tournament. So and you know, like you said, there's been a week for teams to prepare. They're wa- they're all watching film. A week long cram-, cram session. So you know, they need to guard the perimeter but watch the inside. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Oregon comes out defensively and tries to guard Michigan. And it'll be interesting to see what Beeline finds on film for Oregon defensively and what he draws up. Because whatever he was drawing up in the second half against Louisville was...
0: All right, up next, we're about to get into the West. Um First game we're about to get into for the West is Gonzaga versus West Virginia.
1: This is one where I'm not not sure about as as far as how I have a pick on the bracket. I've seen both teams play. Like uh, I do have Gonzaga getting past someone on my bracket, but. Wondering how they're going to be able to deal with this stress and whether it will get to them. I mean, my my heart saying stick with what you pick, but my head is kind of going. I think West Virginia might take it down. Yeah, you know, you say one thing, your head's telling you another. Well. Both of mine are saying the same thing, and I picked West Virginia <laughs> to beat them. So, <laughs> so give me give me Press Virginia uh, a little bit because sometimes offensively they're not all there. But uh, I think their defensive intensity is going to cause fits for Gonzaga. Um, Virginia has an a- average offensive day. I think I think they'll be fine. I mean they they cause big fits for Notre Dame, who protects the ball fairly well. And they were turning it over left and right, so it'll be real interesting to see what Gonzaga draws up against that press. Um, West Virginia's probably drawing up a brand new press to run. I mean, we'll see what they come out with as well, but uh, yeah, I, I like West Virginia here.
0: All right, uh, how do you guys feel about Xavier versus Arizona?
1: I don't. Think, Maybe. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't think there's gonna be a ton to talk about on this one. I Personally, I, I just like Arizona really big here. Um Ooh. I'm not saying I'm not saying 30 points or anything like that, but I, I think they they'll win this one by more than 10. I just think th- this is one of the few matchups you get this far in where one team is just. I don't want to say this, you don't get to this point on a flu, but I, I think Arizona is just on, on another level than Xavier is. Um So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Arizona here by more than ten. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. This is the one game I I think that has a chance to have a a double digit outcome. Uh, just news since. Since they got to full strength, they've, it's been a tough team for anybody to deal with. Uh, and I just, I think that continues. Uh, I, I just think they have a little, little too much for us to like Xavier. Xavier's play uh, through this tournament, but I just, I don't think they have enough to really do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree. You know, I felt really good for King Xavier in the first round over Maryland. And yeah. then, you know, hey, um, Todd Xavier played all this year. You, you know, they, they always play Villanova real tough. They always play Butler real tough. So they can hang. Uh, they're, they're no slouch team.
0: That's, that's for sure. All right, uh, finally about to move to the South region. Uh, about to get into UNC versus Butler.
1: I like North Carolina here. Uh, I'm sure Darnell's going to follow me up on that one. Their, their size, I think, is going to be a little too much for Butler to handle. Um, you know, Kennedy Meeks, not Josh Jackson, Justin Jackson, uh, I guess. Really, yeah. I think they just have a little too much firepower here. They rebound the ball very well. And I think Arkansas gave them enough of a scare for them to clean it up a little bit. Cause they, they let Arkansas walk back into that game. Um, kind of a wake call. They get a weak rest. Um, I think that's kind of a wake up call for them. I think this game could be a little closer than we think, but, uh, I, I do like North Carolina. Yeah, too big, too athletic I mean, in this one. Like Butler, they play smart. They they have oh, like, yeah. they, probably they have more athletic team that they've ever had. I don't I don't think they let the game get out of hand, but I, I don't think UNC is ever in real danger once it gets late. Yeah, you know the one thing I like about Butler is they have good guard play. They really protect the ball. They play. Smart on offense, smart on defense, and I think that'll keep them around for a little bit. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this one is within 10 points, but I also wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina wins by 10 or 15. So, this one could go either way. Um, how much they win by, it can be close or it can be big. Um, kind of wins it either way. <laughs>
0: Okay. Now this one, uh, this was the most, one, the one I really want to see out of all the Sweet 16 games, UCLA yeah. versus Kentucky. Uh, how do you guys feel about this matchup?
1: Very intriguing. Um, you know, I, I really like both of these schools. You know, I've said good things about them all year. The knock on UCLA is their defense isn't that great. You know, the knock on Kentucky is they're just young. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how each team settles into this game. Uh, intensity is going to be real high. Um, you know, it'd be dumb, you know, to think that, that Kentucky does Lonzo ball and shut LeVar ball up. You could all- The ball name. Um, I, I, I like Kentucky in this game. I think they're a little defensively. It'll be interesting to see how UCLA measures up on Bam at a bio. I, I think it'll be great to watch, um, Ball guard Malik Monk. I, I hope that's who guards Malik Monk. Um, I think Malik Monk could tear him up on defense, but, um, I also think Ball could tear up Monk on defense, so that could be another fun little one-on-one matchup that we get to watch uh, this coming weekend for sure, but I I, I like Kentucky here just because I believe them to be a better defensive team. If it comes down to you need defensive stops, i get defensive stops. UCLA get a defensive stop, so just for that alone, I'll take I'll take Kentucky and also the fact that Calipari's been here more than Steve Alford has. So I'll take the experienced coach. Yeah, it's a pretty good breakdown, but I'm I'm going with the Bruins in this one. Yeah, I, I, I could personally see this one going either yeah. way. Uh, as I, I'm also very interested in just seeing some of these matchups, and the, uh, going back and forth, uh, Monk more so just pure scoring side, but uh, Ball's gonna do a little bit of everything. He's gonna get some shot. Uh, he's gonna get out of the ball, See if, if him and Leaf can have their connection going, uh, even against a little bit better defensive team, like you said, but I, I think they'll still be able to get up and down the court and put up points and keep Kentucky at way. So, um, I'm still gonna...
0: Okay, guys, uh, covered it all. Uh, is there anything else you guys like to add? Nah, I'm, I think we covered quite a bit tonight. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else to add, Darnell?
1: Nah, till, oh, tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, ju- just, just real fast, Trey, you don't have to give much explanation, but who do you, who do you got winning them? Uh, out of these games? Yeah, yeah, you, you can just go straight down the list and give it a winner. All right. Let me
0: pull them up. Wisconsin, you, you Florida. You really hop in on me. Okay, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Florida. I got Wisconsin. Baylor, South Carolina. I'm going with South Carolina. Kansas, Purdue. I'm going Kansas. Uh, Rock with your guys, Michigan, Tyler, and Oregon versus Michigan. Uh, Gonzaga versus West Virginia. I got Gonzaga. Xavier versus Arizona. I'm pulling for the underdog, so I'm going with Xavier. Uh, UNC but versus Butler. I have UNC and UCLA versus Kentucky. I'm going to go with UCLA on this one. So. And Hey, I eating. had them. I, I <laughs> yeah. had had 'em in the uh, championship game, man. So I'm kind of going to stick hey. with my bracket on that one. So I'm going to go with you see. I was because yeah, uh, I, I, I had Wichita State beating uh, Kentucky. Uh, it was a close <laughs> game, but <laughs> yeah, almost, <laughs> <You laughs> almost had it. Almost had it, man. But they for couldn't get it together for everybody.
1: For everybody who bought a ticket for the second round games in Indianapolis, definitely got their money's worth. <laughs> oh yeah. You get that Michigan Louisville team first, followed up by that Wichita Kentucky game.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ball. That was good. But yeah, guys, uh, other than that, uh, anything else to add? No. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys checking us out as always. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. You can, uh, also find this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube. Stitcher, iTunes, uh, just hit us up in that search engine. But like I said, as always, guys, appreciate y'all for checking us out and just can't wait to check out some more NCAA basketball. Definitely the best time of the year when it comes to sports. Peace out.